Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. In our next episode, I am joined by Marissa Thalberg, Executive Vice President and Chief Brand and Marketing Officer for Lowe's. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for joining us today. I'd love just to, to get a bit of an intro from you to start with, Marissa, just to, to give the listeners a bit of background. I mean, you've worked across an impressive range of very different businesses in your career to date. So could you tell us a little bit about that journey to Lowe's and a little bit about your current role, please? Sure. So I, I did start my career in advertising. I, I knew fundamentally that I wanted to be a communicator. And I think it was as broad and fundamental as that. Eventually wound up on the client side and spent quite a number of years in the beauty industry. Wound up being early to digital and social media, which for me at the time felt like the old axiom of in the land of the blind, the one, one-eyed man or one-eyed woman is, is king or queen. Spent eight years at the Estee Lauder companies leading those brands, the whole portfolio of brands. It's actually quite larger than just Estee Lauder into the modern age of marketing. But then I took a really, really big, both geographic leave and industry leave when my family and I relocated from our lifelong home of New York to Southern California when I became the chief marketing officer of Taco Bell. So from luxury beauty to quick service restaurants, had an incredible tenure there and then made another giant industry and geographic leap. And for the past uh, little over two years, I've been, as you told everyone, Chief Brand and Marketing Officer of Lowe's Home Improvement. So you certainly learn a lot about yourself and what you're capable of as a leader, as well as a marketer when you leave one totally specific kind of industry for another. But I think that's what makes it interesting, where you find the commonalities and what makes us tick as humans, and then learn the intricacies that make an industry what it is specifically. I agree. I, I love the diversity. And I think it, that's where the innovation comes from because you start blending mm -hmm. those experiences together. It's amazing. And, and just, I guess, for our listeners as well, because Lowe's is a, is a household name in North America, but for our international listeners who may not be as familiar with it, could you give a little bit of a, an overview or a quick snapshot of the business as well? Yeah, it's big box retail specializing in, in home improvement, although we have an ambition to come to represent your total home. If you think about where it sits in the landscape, it is a very US-centric business, but we're close to $100 billion in sales. So just to give you the enormity of the scale, but our biggest competitor is even bigger than us, and that's the Home Depot. And in terms of at least the US landscape, Home Depot is definitely a bit more global than we are, but it is this big duopoly. And I've, I don't know that I've ever been in this degree of a duopoly before. If you think like the classic Coke and Pepsi, Apple and Android, maybe closer to home and retail, a little bit of like the Walmart and Target 
dichotomy, that's that's where we are. And it was definitely one of the first things I thought to wrap myself around, even before I started the job, as I started to think, wow, so how do you win when you're in a duopoly, especially if you're the challenger brand? And that actually became the basis of how I grounded myself and what the opportunity was going to be here for me. That's amazing. And there aren't many industries where, as you say, there's a duopoly and and such a dominant couple of players in the market, as you say, a very different mindset. You've been at Lowe's since February 2020, is that right? Correct. Okay. And, that, and that's obviously a month just before the uh, whole world came to a halt with COVID. Yes. So, I mean, what what was that like, just sort of literally landing in a storm and also during that sort of springtime, which I, I believe is one of your busiest times? It is our busiest time. It is. We are in it right now at the point at which we're talking. I mean, this is go time for us. So yes, on top of everything else compared to the rest of retail that's sort of just come out of its biggest season, which is the holiday season, where spring is everything in home improvement. That's amazing. And and how was it sort of landing in, especially during COVID times, what was that like for you coming into a new organization at the busiest time, but also just in, I guess, with a, a different set of parameters to work with? The timing was actually quite unbelievable if you think about it. I mean, I was still living in Southern California. Lowe's is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's a big gap, you know, across three time zones and at least 2,500 miles. And so I was meant to commute back and forth, which, you know, just funny how your perspective changes prior to COVID. That just seemed overwhelming. And like, I couldn't think of anything harder than having to, you know, leave my family and go back and forth. But I knew it was meant to be time limited. And it was really so that my younger daughter could finish middle school. And then we were going to relocate. And so I did it for just a few short weeks and then went back for a planned few days of just being home and never went back because California was the first state to lock down, if you recall. And so then there was this incredibly awkward, challenging interim period where I was new and everyone else hadn't yet really gone remote, at least certainly not back at our corporate headquarters. And being in retail when you knew, you know, you're running stores, there was such a reluctance to say, nope, we're not going to be manning the ship from the office. And so that was really hard because it was so uneven and everyone else had relationships. And I, you know, we weren't even all as comfortable with the Zoom and Teams as we are now. And so just the difficulty of bridging that divide. Once everyone was united by the shared experience of being home and being remote and having to figure out how we would all keep the work going this way, it just became a different kind of leadership challenge for me. And I thought, that's how I have to think about this. This is a leadership challenge. How do I manage to build relationships who are not even physically in person and I'm first figuring out where the talent is on my team, how to even navigate things on a larger corporate level. And I had to change everything in marketing, obviously, because nothing that had been produced before, whether I liked it or not, was now besides the point. It wasn't viable in this new landscape in which just being open as a retailer was a big deal. So in some ways, COVID was the ultimate accelerant of marketing transformation for me. You know, I don't think we'd ever want to say too many positive things about a devastating global pandemic, but simply on the basis of that, it was an accelerant because had business been usual, it, it was, you know, harder to get people to be like, yeah, that advertising that you're used to, we're not going to do that at such a critical selling period. So it did help change things and it helped me 
really think about what we had to do in this period of time to be trusted more than anything else. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think you're right about the accelerant. I think mm-hmm. we've seen more innovation as a result as marketers yeah. because of what we've done because there's there's been so much, I don't want to use the word complacency, but a little bit of complacency in what we do in places because we've had it the same way for so long now. But I think we've had to, where we've seen that saturation of things like webinars or digital components or uh, digital events, whatever it might be, you see that diversity start to come through. It's been a real game changer for everybody, I think, in as you say, maybe not positive in some ways, but a real prompt in others. And I know that you've, through your career as well, but in Lowe's as well, in particular, you've focused on finding that intersection between sort of performance marketing to sort of really drive online sales and and making Lowe's an experience-led destination for both home improvement and DIY customers and trade customers as well. I mean, could you talk a little bit about how you've driven that awareness and changed perceptions and behaviors in the stores? Well, that topic of the whole brand versus performance is such a pet peeve for me as a marketer because we as marketers should have found a better way to frankly brand this language than we did. Because when you call one thing performance, you're inherently implying that whatever is on the other side of that is not performance. And I think that's done us all a disservice and created a bit of an uphill climb in making non-marketers believe in the merits of the part that isn't called performance. So I have tried to rebrand it a bit somewhat successfully, but at other times it's tough because we just do think of that lower funnel direct response media as, as performance and the higher funnel stuff as being just different in that regard. But, you know, all of the best intelligence that we have shows how it all works together and it's incredibly important. And You know, if you want to take the old visual symbol of the funnel, right? And whether you like that idea or not, because, oh, there's no funnel and behavior isn't linear, but just use the funnel. And if you think about it, there's no bottom of the funnel without a top of a funnel. So it's just, you know, just, just funny when you kind of break apart some of these classic ideas we have and really think about how, you know, it it is a system. It has to be a system. And that's the art and science of what we as marketers do is figure out how to steward those investments and choices in a way that does try to create the right connections and do so efficiently. I mean, there's we're a public company and the expectations on leveraging our advertising and, and marketing dollars wisely is tremendous. So, you know, my view is it's about trying to be a good steward over how we think about driving traffic to the stores, how we think about the combination of selling the individual products that we sell. And of course, as a big box retailer, we're not just selling our own products. We're selling lots of great brands and products from so many other companies. And so we're in that sense, we're kind of in it together. But at the end of the day, if those products, knowing that many of those products are available in other places, of course, I have a responsibility. And I want everyone to understand the the importance of that responsibility to get people to want to go to Lowe's for those things. Otherwise, we're just putting ourselves in a position of a race to the bottom on price. And that's not really a race you can win. So when I've reframed it that way, I think it's been a little bit more understandable to people. Of course, the rubber still meets the road in the individual decisions and how they impact different partners that we have within the business as well as outside of the business. But in a dynamically changing marketplace, we we just have to stay on our toes. How we marketed during the peak of COVID, if you will, is different 
than how we need to market now, where while the pandemic is still out, very much out there, we are acting more as a society as we did pre-pandemic. And that does have major macroeconomic implications to our business. And that's when we do our jobs well, we are agile. We are reading the marketplace signals and pulling consumer insights and then using our own best judgment on how to adapt and, and get the best possible results. I really love the, the sort of takeaway that I took from from what you just said, Marissa, around the, the real focus on value, whether that's business, consumer, societal, yeah. you know, it's, it's doing the right thing and making sure, as you say, how do you start to stand out in the industry right now? Yeah. And we talk a lot about, I guess, the prioritization of value to help us as brands to think about what we need to do next to get the best outcomes for our customers. And there, there was something that you said previously when we caught up, actually, that I just wanted to pick up on because you said you haven't yet picked all the fruit from the trees. It's, it's just getting higher and harder to reach. And I love that quote that you said. Yeah. What are the, the things that you need to get done to get that next layer of fruit, in your opinion? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that are listening just as they're in a similar position thinking, how, how do we do something else next? There's no generalized answer to that because the answer for that for Lowe's is going to be different than the answer for that for anyone else in any other business. And by the way, it's also, as we've been discussing, marked by time and, and what the time and situation entails. But I would say that there was some pretty good product marketing capability in this team. And now we've gotten to be much better brand marketers, if you will. And now we're reaching at being better customer marketing leaders. And that, of course, has an incredible codependency with data and technology. And that's an area that we're trying to really build and grow and bringing in new talent that's really capable of that. But you think about how all of that comes together and it does get very exciting. And you do think about, wow, there's, there's opportunity there in terms of how we better personalize our marketing, better that are lean in with loyalty. We just relaunched a really terrific loyalty program for our pro customers. And, you know, that's an area where we're, we're serious about playing to build market share there. And, and so how do you get pros who are, of course, valuable shoppers because they're doing this for a living, not just for weekend projects. And that's not an area where Lowe's has been dominant over the past several years. So that's, you know, it's just about seeing where where the opportunities are and where that plucked fruit is, but it tends to be higher up if it wasn't right there for the taking in the beginning and just means it's harder, means it's harder, harder in all different ways. Like maybe you don't have the capability yet. Maybe there's underlying technology you don't have. Maybe it's just you haven't figured out the path forward, but that's what keeps us busy is knowing that there's still opportunity ahead. There's still upside, even in a very mature business. And I think that's actually very energizing when you think about it that way. I do as well. I think, I think we're in such an exciting time. And as you say, the energy does really come from that, that solving challenges and problems that we're seeing now, because the problems are getting tougher in, a, in certain ways, but we're having to, to think creatively, which I think is the important part to solve them and, and really sort of stand out. And I, I can't wait to see what what Lowe's is doing in, in 12 months' time and in 24 months' time with all the things that you've got on. So thank you very much, Marissa, because that was incredibly insightful. I really enjoyed listening to you go through that as well. So I really appreciate the time that you've taken to, to join us today. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I love your last comment, and I'll just end on riffing on it, which is that just like we were talking about brand versus performance, creativity and data analytics, business data, all those are not antithetical either. I mean, for me, being creative is about 
solving problems in new ways that break through and create different results. So creativity is something we should all champion as a way of driving results. Absolutely. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book shift is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motionintoprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.